pray as always, asking the grace and power of the Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come Lord, particularly on this Feast of Pentecost, we give you permission to do what you desire to do in our souls. Make them fertile soil, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Reveal to us the face of the Father. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and the giver of life. This is what the church professes. This is part of the deposit of faith, the creed that we pray and profess every single Sunday Mass. Believe in the Holy Spirit who is the Lord and the giver of life. He is, right, the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, completely God, just as much God as the Father and the Son, completely united with them. And the church proclaims that the Holy Spirit is the Lord and the giver of life. Why the giver of life? It's because it is the Holy Spirit that animates our souls, that gives life to our souls. St. Paul says today very clearly in his letter to the Corinthians, no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Like we cannot have faith in Jesus Christ except for the faith that is given and empowered. Like we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to even come to understand who Jesus was, who Jesus is, much less to believe in him. It is only by the Holy Spirit. And when we enter the waters of baptism, whether that happened to us when we were an infant or whether it happens when we're adult, that it is the Holy Spirit who gives life. It is a very important truth of baptism that baptism washes away sin. And if we are, again, are an infant, it's, it's the, the stain of original sin, which is no fault of any of our own. If we're an adult or are a child of the age of reason, then whatever actual sin we have, whatever willful sins we've committed, will be washed away in the waters of baptism. And that washing away of sin is vitally important, but is only actually one step to something greater, which is the indwelling of the Holy Trinity in our souls. That the forgiveness of sins is to bring us back into this, this communion with the Lord, that he would fill us with his divine life. And it is the Holy Spirit that comes into our souls and gives us life in Christ. Like real life. Eternal life. And as we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, as he brings us into communion with Christ, it is a configuring of our souls to Jesus himself. This, this is what being a disciple of Jesus Christ is ultimately about. It is what being a disciple of Jesus Christ has as its end, is our configuration 
to Jesus. You've heard me say before, hopefully you've memorized this passage by now, Galatians 2.20, where St. Paul, he just, like, he just sums up what, it, what the end of the Christian life in this life and in the next. It is no longer I who live, but it is Christ who lives in me. That whatever is in me that is not of God, or whatever is in me that is not of God, this life of discipleship is about being sanctified, about being purified. That the sin, the pride, the, the lust, the greed, the envy, the jealousy, all of the things, that they are, they are burned away in the fire of the Holy Spirit. There's this purifying fire that like a, uh, someone who is, is taking raw gold or raw silver from the earth that has its impurities and placing it in the fire that all the impurities are burning away, that it may become purely what it is meant to be. And that, that is, is this, the life of God, that as we enter into the sacramental life of the church, as we enter into this life of discipleship, it is meant to be this fire, right? The reality of the fire of the Holy Spirit purifying us so that Christ lives in us more. That it is Jesus who lives within us by the grace and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And he says this, St. Paul continues, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different forms of service, but the same Lord. There are different workings, but the same God who produces all of them in everyone. To each individual, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for some benefit. And then he talks about the body and its many parts. That is, each of us are meant to be configured to Jesus Christ that we can say it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And yes, brothers and sisters, this is a journey. There's way too much Andrew going on right now. I need a whole lot more of the Lord. Now, this is not that our person, our, our particular self is annihilated. St. Paul is talking about what is not of the Lord. So I, the more I become like Christ, the actual, actually the more I become like Andrew. Like the more I'm configured to Jesus Christ, it is the more that I am my very unique self. And people, you know, it's kind of a funny thing to say like, you do you. It's like, well, I mean, uh, you know, yes, we should be our individual selves but united to Jesus Christ. The particular manifestation that the Lord wants. And that, and that we cannot each individually be the whole Christ. That is part of the great gift of the body of Christ, that we have been given particular gifts. And the world needs the Lord. I and mean, we don't have to say that. You, you don't have to, to hear me tell you that. You know it. We have, you know, you're all in, in church with mask on, sitting six feet apart from each other, right? Man, it's pandemic. It's crazy. We have riots going on. There's a reality of, of right? And, like, there, there's no justification for it whatsoever, that riot. And then, and then the reality of, but the, of the real racism that's still present in our own community, in our country, and that, like, just... Name all of the things, the economic issues, whatever it is that we have. Like, you need to tell me that the world, the people were suffering. And the world needs Christ just as much as it has ever needed the Lord. 
And each of us cannot be the entirety of the Lord. And so it is about the whole body of Christ, the whole body of Christ giving ourselves over to the Lord, giving ourselves over to the Holy Spirit for real transformation. Because whatever it is about you that the Lord has created in a unique way with a unique gift, like that is what the world needs now as well as me and all of us. Because the, the truth, right, that in God's, in God's infinite wisdom, you might think to yourself, like, maybe you've ever asked the question, why do I live right now? Why didn't I live 50 years ago? Or why didn't, or maybe you did live 50 years ago, just a younger version of you, right? <laughs> why not 100 or 200 or 1,000 or 2,000 years ago? Why in the U.S.? Why not in Bangladesh? Why not in Vietnam? Why not in Angola? Why here? It's because God has anointed you for this time and place. God has created you with unique gifts empowered by the Holy Spirit to manifest His glory, His goodness, His peace, His truth, His reconciliation, His healing, His light in our world in a way in which no one else can at this time. Like that is why you are here within your family, within this community, within the school, within whatever place you are working, the Lord wants you and your unique gifts to be manifest, like to, 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 to speak his life through you. Now, again, we're all imperfect and on this journey, and so it's important for us to give ourselves over to a life of continual conversion, of repentance, of our sin, of growth in the particular virtues that we need to grow in. But we don't wait to be perfect to go on mission because then we would never go. John Paul II waited, Mother Teresa waited, St. Maximilian Kolbe waited, they'd have never went. But they gave themselves over to the Lord, empowered by the Holy Spirit with the unique gifts that God has given them and they made the next step, trusting in the Lord. And so whether you are young and you don't know what the rest of your life holds, Lord, I don't know what you have for me, or right now, he just wants you to configure your heart more to him through the grace and power of, of faith and in the sacraments and growing in virtue. And whether maybe your, your life is closer to the end and you're like, well, I mean, I, I'm retired. And what I would do, well, the Lord still wants to use you. There's no retirement from the gospel. There's no retirement from the movement and the power of the Holy Spirit. And he is the Lord and the giver of life. And so sometimes, right, those things look big and sometimes they seemingly look small. But everything that God does is full of life and power. And any movement that we give to him, any yes that we come before the Lord then he uses that to transform the world in a unique and powerful way.
So today, in this Feast of Pentecost, we're asking, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. You are the Lord. You are the giver of life. Whatever life needs to be given, Lord, give more of it. And that we need to pray for an infilling of the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think today particularly courage, also called fortitude, to step into the call that God has given me. The courage also to say whatever it is in my life that is a particular sin that maybe is, is continuing to like, like I'm lollygagging about this sin. No, the courage to dive in, to battle with the Lord against it. Whatever fear in me is keeping me from stepping into the unique call that the Lord is asking of me in this world, whatever that is, and we pray for the courage and the fortitude, no, Lord, I will stand with you. I will walk with you. Despite persecution, despite misunderstanding from other people, despite my own fear, Lord, I will stand and I will walk with you. Because it is not us who moves, right, it, it, alone. It is the Lord who moves and works within us. Again, today during this time, as you're here in Mass, the Lord, the Lord is coming to you. So we read today this gospel from the upper room where the disciples were, were huddled in fear. And Jesus came in and he says, peace be with you. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So as we come forward today to you with the Holy Eucharist, I want you to hear the Lord coming into your upper room and saying, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Go. And the peace that the Lord gives is beyond what this world offers us. We're praying now for, for peace in our country in the midst, again, of the, the violence that is happening and all the things we're praying for peace. But the peace that Jesus gives is more than that. It is more than that. It is a settling of the soul, even in the midst of tribulation. So today... You know, we just, we're praying for this new anointing, this new openness to the Holy Spirit, for the seven gifts to come, for our continued configuration to Christ, and for us to step into our unique, unrepeatable vocation, our unique, unrepeatable call, that the world may experience what God desires to give through us. The world's hungry for the Lord. Let us not be afraid to say yes to whatever the Lord wants to do in our life. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the doors were locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. The disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so I send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive 
the Holy Spirit.